everybody. It's uh, Mike Kukovica here, Kooks, as as you know, and my new segment on the new form of uh, format of negative positives. We're gonna call it Kooks Corner. So, yeah, it might sound silly, but hey, you know me, I'm silly. So anyhow, uh, the cool thing is that what I'm really excited about is I get to introduce you to someone that pretty much nobody in the negative positives community knows. At least if you do, that'd be great. But I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, this guy is is a, a definitely somebody new. So that's kind of it's pretty cool. Uh, not that we don't like the people that we already know, love all of uh, everyone in our community, but uh, bringing someone new in is definitely awesome. So I want to introduce you to my new friend. Well, I, semi new, maybe not exactly new, and uh, but my friend uh, Andre Brock. Uh, let me just choke the, on your name. <laughs> Sorry, bro. What an introduction there. I can't even say your name right. No, it's uh, Andrew Brockhausen. Welcome. All right. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Lob that one over at you there. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I, I have heard a lot worse pronunciations with a last name like that. You you can believe that. Well, dude, you told me how to say it, so I just tried it. But apparently I can't handle your first name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one that'll get you. Everyone focuses in on that crazy last name, and then the first name just sneaks up on you. <laughs> well, look, man, I, I, you know, my my last name throws people for a loop sometimes too, and I, I never really get too excited about it. But it was definitely turnabout's fair play when I when I was looking at your name, going like, how in the world do I just J's and E's and I's, and then you're like, oh, it's Brockhausen. I'm like, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course with that extra j in there there you go well welcome to uh, negative positives and uh if, if you wouldn't mind could you tell us a little bit about yourself and like uh what your journey in photography has been like yeah so i um <clears throat> i've been doing photography for i don't know i should have done the math before we started recording huh um more than 10 years and less than 100 uh <laughs> <laughs> I grew up around photography because my dad has been doing it since, you know, way before I was born. And uh, <clears throat> I was lucky enough even to grow up with like a darkroom in the house. Um, but I didn't really get into photography at all until I was in high school. Not really. Um, and uh, my dad was obviously a big inspiration to me. He still is. Uh, he still does photography. He's he's all digital these days. But um, I'm mostly film, some digital. And we live close together and we're very close. So we go out shooting all the time together and nice. stuff like that. But he kind of got me into it. And uh, and then it very quickly became a self-sustaining interest. So <laughs> um, nice. I've been doing film photography since, how oh, maybe maybe 2009 or thereabouts. All right. And um, yeah, and now these days I'm shooting mostly black and white, some color, um, slides mostly. Uh and I'm just kind of a nature photographer. I do portraits on the side as a little bit of a side gig. And, and I like shooting portraits, but my real like passion in photography is definitely nature photography and especially film. So I shoot 35 millimeter, um, a couple of different medium formats, and also 4x5 most recently for a few years. So I've been really loving that, and I love taking pictures in nature. Awesome. That's awesome. Awesome. Well... That's, you know, that, that, you know, you and I, we ended up um, meeting each other while well, meeting each other. I don't know. Can you, can you say that? I mean, actually like you and I are kind of really old fashioned pen pals, right? Because we, we ended up uh, coming to know each other through uh, a print exchange you set up on Reddit and 
partly <laughs> I didn't understand how a print exchange works. Uh, I mean, I understand how it works, but I didn't understand that this one was kind of like a secret Santa kind of thing. So I got a print from you. And although I had a couple people to send one to, I ended up sending you one back. And then we ended up talking and it turned into like some long form emails like that could have just as easily been on paper with a stamp and sent through the post office at, back in the day. Right. But, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I guess I didn't ex explain the print exchange format very clearly, but I'm oh, no. really happy I don't know that, that, that you mistake happened to. because, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I randomly assigned everybody, you know, one or two people to send a print to, and and one or two people to receive a print from, and I, you know, I got randomly assigned to send one to you. I had no idea who you were. You were just a name and an address, but I sent you a print. And then you sent one back, and I was like, "Oh, hey, cool!" And uh, and then we more or less instantly hit it off, and ended up yeah spending a lot of time talking about minutia in photography after that. So it's great, Definitely. worked out really well for me. Oh, it's a two way street, bro. Two way <clears throat> street. Same here. Well, heck, man, you ended up sending me one of your uh, one of your fabulous um, localized uh, test strip printer tools. I mean, come on. So I'm. Dude, worked out for me too. So, yeah, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Pretty awesome. So, yeah, so we'll come back to the localized test strip printer in a few minutes. But what we were talking about, so, so actually, in full disclosure to the group, this is uh, not the first time we've tried to record this. Um, we, we had this idea of recording uh, a few nights ago and we started talking and then it turned into like a two hour conversation. It was like, yeah, you know what? This is probably not going to work for the podcast. So, um, so this is another crack at it. And uh, so here we are. But uh, one of the things we talked about before and, and I think would be a good thing to talk about again was um, we were talking about uh, one, of, one of the most impactful things you've done with your photography and and you had a really really good one on uh, Andrew. So why don't you tell us about that a little bit? Yeah. So I it's funny because you know before we tried recording for that first time, you sent me a couple of just I don't know like prompts, things to kind of think about to grease the wheels a little bit on what we could talk about. And that was one of the questions was like, what's what's something really impactful you've done with your photography? And my brain immediately went to like philanthropy or you know changing right. the world for good or something and i was like eh, i haven't really done anything like that i just take pictures man but uh so uh, this isn't you know some story about me uh changing somebody's life in photography except perhaps my own uh, it's just a story of something that really changed the way i approached it at, for the better and something that made a big difference in my relationship to my own photography so um i'll try to be pretty concise but basically this is a few years ago now um I think 2017 or so, somewhere in there, I was having a little bit of a rough year. Um, and I just, photography was a good escape, right? I like getting out in nature. I'm in Utah. I live close to the mountains, so I can get up in the mountains really easily. Um, nice. And yeah, it's great actually. <laughs> but I was just, I went out to go take some photos and like kind of halfway to take photos and halfway just to get away from people and be alone with my thoughts for a little while. And, uh, and I got out, and it was uh, snowy. It was winter. And just started taking some pictures. Took my dad's old Yashica Mat 124 out. Nice. Yeah, nice. And shot a roll. Went home. Um, and I found a shot on that roll that was, uh, I guess, to try to describe a photo in a podcast, it was a picture of a rock on a snowy path <laughs> with you know tire tracks and, and footprints going past it. And um, and it, I realized that it was 
I don't know, it just it kind of spoke to me, which sounds a little bit self-serving since I took it, but um, it, no. it really symbolized a lot of kind of what I was feeling, right? It, it felt very cathartic yeah. that I was able to kind of think through something that had been bothering me, and, and the photo really helped me work through that and, and see it in a new perspective, and I'm trying to tell the story without being too vague, but also not being too personal. But, um, yeah. So anyway, I was really excited about this photo is the point. I was really happy with it. And it, you know, it was the first time that I ever felt like my photo had helped me express something that I was unable to otherwise get out. And, uh, Oh man, that's huge, dude. Yeah. To actually be able to do that because that's a big goal for a lot of people. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like, I mean, I want to say that, you know, accomplishing that is that's massive. So yeah, man. Good, good it was. It was a big deal for me. So I, I, I was really happy with the photo. And the funny thing is, the photo's not bad, right? It's, it's fine. Um, it's not an aesthetic triumph. It, and it's the kind of photo that if you saw it in an Instagram feed, you'd probably scroll past it, right? It's not a loud photo by any means. But um, no, but it's a good one. It's good. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, you've seen it. So <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. But um, the point I'm trying to make is that I, I was so excited about this photo, and. I went on Reddit immediately and like just I think I put it up on a critique group and to this point I had done a lot of my photography with the motivation of getting other people to look at it and tell me how good it was and make me feel nice about myself and that's that's fine right everybody has that yeah phase. it's legit <laughs> and it's I still normal. do that to an extent but like yeah. it was it was like a real driving factor in my photography for a long time and uh, to the point that I was you know, I would have been really disappointed if other people didn't like it. And right. anyway, I went to go share this photo because I was I was jazzed about it. And I posted it on Reddit, and I think I asked some kind of a question like, um, what does this photo say to you or something? Because for me, it had said a lot. Um, and I it didn't get a lot of attention. And so I think the only thing I really remember anybody saying was some guy came in and said, like, uh, what it says to me is the photographer has not, hasn't learned how to expose for snow and like use a review on the rules of composition or something like that. Something like pretty rude, right? So it's like kicking the shorts, that, right? Yeah, really. So I think that uh, like an earlier version of me would have been kind of hurt by that or gotten defensive or something. Um, but I remember that I actually just laughed out loud when I read that. I was like, what? <laughs> that's what you got out of that. Cause I had just had this like really important experience of understanding a lot of things from that photo for myself. And the realization I had from this was that this that photography was for me, right? That this photo was right. for me and it, and that was enough. It didn't need to be yeah. for anyone else. Yeah. And I was able to kind of finally let go of like caring if other people liked my photos or not. Now, I still love sharing my work. I still love, you know, I feel great when other people look at it and, and say they like it and that's fine, right? But I don't take photos for other people anymore. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with taking photos for other people, um, but I'm so much happier now in my own photography journey, having figured out that like this is for me. And so right. even even though I love to share my work, if I if I never could share my work again and and nobody was ever gonna see my photos besides me, I would still be doing it because that's now the main reason why I'm I'm doing photography and I'm I'm happier than I've ever been in my photography. Um, since kind of making that change in my own approach. So that was, that was probably the most impactful thing that's ever happened to me in my photography. Man, that I agree. I mean, the way you describe that, that is hugely impactful because I mean, I think 
I think a lot of people do, you know, when, when they start out in photography, or at least speaking for myself, I don't know that I'm a lot of people, but at least between a sample size of you and I or felt fairly similar, right? Where, you know, on one hand, you're like, oh, this is a great picture, right? Of course, it's a great picture, right? You know, <laughs> you want other people to think that. But like, I think also there's a there's kind of an element too in the beginning where you're like, see this this made me feel a certain way and it must make you feel a certain way too. Right. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it just feels natural. But then when people don't, I don't know, because, because that's one of those things I've heard other people mention it in the past, but some of the most important pictures to us individually always seem to get the least, um, I don't know how to, what, what the right phrase is, but the least attention or traction or yeah, engagement, right? engagement, whatever. But, you know, I mean, or, or even if you just try to judge it by likes, which is a really bad judge of anything, uh, still it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's funny how that works, but, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think I'm kind of there with you, but I think it's a big step when you stop worrying about what other people think and, focus on how you feel and to make work and to make art for yourself. I mean, yeah, I mean, huge. I was at the point, you know, for a while where I, I would see a picture that I liked in a composition and set it up and then I wouldn't take it because I was like, eh, no one's going to like this one or I, I, would, I wouldn't take it. Right. And that's, that's gone. That's a thing of the past. I'm not thinking about an audience anymore when I take my pictures and it's been very freeing for me and, and really increased my enjoyment of doing photography when I'm not trying to please someone else. That's awesome, man. Yeah, because that's that's what led to me leaving uh, Instagram for the first time was the opposite version of that. When I caught myself going in the camera thinking, oh, this would look great. I bet you everyone would like this. And, was, and it hit me. I'm like, you freaking idiot. You know what I mean? And that's exactly when I quit, you know. So um, I may end up coming back. But still, yeah, I'm, I'm with you right there. It's, it's doing things that you – that you want to do that you feel is right or that move you is is so important so much more important than will everybody like this because yeah it's not a good way to be (laughs) yeah so yeah i mean maybe maybe some people are happy there and and good for you if that's your motivation for taking photos and you're having a good time then like great don't let me yuck your yum but i'm no i'm doing a lot better since i found a motivation that was a little bit more intrinsic yeah definitely definitely Man, that's cool. Well, that's cool. That's definitely a very impactful uh, moment, a very impactful photograph. And him yeah, and I, I really like it because I, that that picture when you showed it to me, I, I still kind of think about that too. Uh, partly, I can't really decide what it means, you know, because the like the tire tracks and the, the that rock was kind of like laying half on one of the tracks, so it's like, uh, is that an obstacle? Is that an obstacle that was uh, overcome or, you know, I mean, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but like the, to me, those are the kinds of really good pictures. The ones that make you think about it later on when you're not looking at it anymore, you know, but you see it in your mind and you're wondering about it. I mean, well, and I, I hesitate to like, you know, tell everybody what they should be interpreting from my photo. But <laughs> the, what it means to me really is it's, and I think what makes it so powerful for me is that it's all of those things for me, right? Like, at the time right. when I took it, it felt like it was symbolizing an obstacle in front of me that I couldn't get past. But judging by the footprints, everybody else hadn't didn't have any trouble walking right past it. Right. But then, like, 
you know, the the rock is really dark and the rest of the composition is basically snow tones. And so it's all very bright. So it's a really high key image, but the rock anchors it and just kind of took all my attention when I was looking at it. And it just, it felt like it was, you know, it was, I had this problem that I couldn't get past that I it was occupying my mind all the time. And, and then later, you know, upon more reflection, it was, you know, you take another look at the photo, and for me, it was like, well, look at this photo. There's so many light tones. There's so many good yeah. things out there, yeah. and the rock isn't that big, and it's not that scary, and and so it's all of those things all at once somehow, and and at different times, it has meant different things, and so I I don't know. I I don't I haven't taken very many photos that contained that much meaning for me, um, but and yet yeah, it's not awesome. a photo that you know that has a lot of attention on Flickr or whatever not that that matters but like it's that's well of course it wasn't metered point, very well it wasn't metered very <laughs> you're well you're right man. it was <laughs> I didn't know how to expose for snow so I guess I can't blame those Flickr people for not liking it more right <laughs> <laughs> oh man dude this is so it's so crazy the way the world is and but but even looking back at it right if that thing was an obstacle it's an obstacle that you you overcame so you know what i mean maybe at the moment it it wasn't the the overcoming wasn't there but but it is now and that's super cool super cool awesome man awesome hey that's that feels invigorating makes me want to go out and take some pictures uh of what I don't know, but I you want to load my camera up and get out there. Well, good, good, good. Should do that. Definitely. Well, actually, this weekend I'm I'm going to be um, going to see one of my good old friends uh, from when I grew up. I'm going back up to Michigan for the weekend, and uh, my my buddy he's got a Ford Focus RS, good working man sports car, as Gutterman would say. <laughs> and, uh, so we're going to try to take some pictures of his car and uh, both of us and specifically myself because i i'm hoping i can take a decent picture and uh make a print from it and give it to him as a gift so that's uh that's kind of my goal uh that's that's what's great about printing right nobody else is going to give him a handmade darkroom print for a gift that's a unique gift right there yes absolutely definitely so so as long as I don't screw up the uh, composition, the metering, or the development, <laughs> then, uh, I'm going to be in good shape. So, <laughs> but well, hey, now it. you're now you're equipped to make the best test strips around, so that you can print it like you know as easy as possible, right? Dude, this is a fabulous segue because this is something I wanted to talk about, right? So we talked about the the more philosophical part of photography first, which, you know, is the chicken soup for my photographic soul. So I, I love that part. <laughs> right. But then the other side of it is, yeah, the getting people, getting people to darkroom print. Sorry. When I say that, that sounds weird saying getting people to darkroom print. It's not like you want to convince them to do something that they don't want to do, but you know, exposing people to the magic that darkroom printing is and helping them to be successful in it and not you know having a bad experience and going well this was dumb and walking away um i think that's like really important uh, a, another way of putting it is you know all the addicts want to get other people hooked on their crack too right so oh, that's man, absolutely <laughs> i always First tell people free. that if you're shooting yeah, exactly i always <laughs> tell people if you're shooting especially black and white but if you're shooting film and just like scanning it and moving on you're missing out on like 75 percent of the fun now that's not fair i realize not everyone's got room for a dark room but everyone should try it at least once because it's so much fun it's hard to even express it 
I'm to- I'm totally with you. And so, a not only is it so much fun, just the experience of it, and you know, and, and okay, everyone's heard the whole oh, watching the image come up from the developer from nothing into an image. That's cool, but there is still so much more enjoyable parts of the darkroom printing process. Well, even just Uh, that, right? I mean, it's been a decade for me of pretty steady darkroom printing, and that, like, watching the image pop up in the tray has not gotten old yet. No, it absolutely not. It absolutely doesn't. But but there still is so much more beyond that. So I I guess, and I'm not trying to diminish that, but, like, just to say that there's a lot of great, you know, great experiences to be had, you know, and so, and the other part is too, I, I really don't think that a screen, an electronic screen can transmit the blacks and the whites the same way that a silver gelatin print can that you see with your eyes. And, you know, maybe it's, I, I think we talked about this the other night maybe, but the other part about it is when, when you're holding something in your hand, it almost makes you look at it longer. Or if you're standing in front of it, uh, on the wall, you know, because it, it is kind of easy to scroll past things on a screen if, if it's not wild and crazy and if it doesn't grab. I don't mean crazy. It's not that crazy things have to grab. You know what I mean? But but things that are no, really you're right, like, though. you know. I mean, look at Instagram. Everyone, even if you got one of those big old phones, <laughs> I have a pretty small phone, but even if you got a big screen phone, like you're looking at pictures that are two inches big. And there's right. nothing wrong with that, but it's just, a, it's different, you know? And I it think is. that... Instagram especially has like people have figured out that if you want anyone to look at your photos and you know heaven forbid you're trying to monetize it right then you got to do something that's going to yank people's attention in on that two inch photo and so that's why we see a thousand like hyper saturated really punchy that's kind of the look these days so it's easy to scroll past a subtle black and white image, but that's one of you know one of the many reasons why I love darkroom printing and just printing in general is that if you go into a gallery or you're holding a print that somebody made for you or, or made, you're in a much better headspace, right? You're in a headspace yeah. where you can appreciate a quiet, subtle image that you would have blown right past if you were looking at it on your phone. Definitely. Definitely. It's, it's like going to a gallery, right? I mean, you go into a gallery there, you know, I mean, yeah, you're scrolling with your feet, you know, you're walking around sure. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, some, some images don't quite catch you, but I think you're more, um, your disposition is more to give it a chance, right. To stop in front of it and look at it. And if there's really nothing that connects to you, then you move on. But, but I think you're likely to look at it more, Right. And give it a chance rather than, you know, scrolling on your screen, even on your computer, even if you got a big, big display, you know, it's still, I don't know, there's something about it. And like, not that long ago, um, Andre and I, we went to this um, gallery in Santa Monica and they had some of Ansel Adams works. And it, it was also a kind of a cool thing for a, the technical quality of the print was like ridiculous. But then the other side of that is like, holy crap, this, this was made from that person's hands. I mean, that's an artifact. (laughs) Definitely. That that's like, but his fingerprints are on this. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's so cool. That's a bucket list item for me. Oh man. My dad tells a story about being in Yosemite really close to the time when Ansel Adams passed away. 
And uh, oh, he said dude. they had signed eight by tens from Ansel Adams available in the gift shop for I don't know what the how much it was, but and he he died. And my dad was back in the same gift shop a week later, and the same prints were like five times more expensive. Oh, so. yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I should have bought one. <laughs> I, yeah, man. It, oh, dude, that's so funny. It's so funny how that is. But, but yeah, that's a. It's if you ever want some inspiration, go to a gallery, right? Even a, a for-profit gallery, whatever, and it doesn't matter. Just check it out. Join um, a print and, exchange, and or join a print exchange. People who aren't famous, but who are still awesome photographers, right? And Mike and I have sent some prints back and forth, and I love getting them, and looking at them, and holding them. You know, it's just different. It's different. It's amazing. It's so so much is, and the one you sent me, I love it. I I definitely, I'm, yeah, I love that thing. It's so good. So good. So, uh, yeah. So actually we started out with the side of wanting to talk about localized test strips, but I I think we kind of like stretched out our time a little bit talking about some other stuff. So maybe we should reserve that for our next conversation. Yeah, no worries. I would be happy to come talk about something a little more technical like that on another, another episode. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I I take some pleasure in the idea of uh, making some people snooze out because you know what I mean? But some people won't. (laughs) Some people will, but you know, it's not really super technical and dry if somebody doesn't zone out on you, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's, not, I say technical like it's boring. It's, I think it's fascinating, but you know, I'm no, constantly fighting my left brain and trying to let my right brain do a little bit more of the work in my photography. So, oh, you know, that's, that would be a good topic to talk about sometime too. The, the, the fight between the two, right? Because like there's the technical side, which you absolutely have to have, right? But yeah, that's the part that's always come easy to, to me, right? Well, it is right, and that's one of my things where I'm like, I, I don't, I don't mind podcasts or people that want to talk about gear, but in some ways, it is kind of unsatisfying because it is a never-ending thing that you can. It's like football, right? You can talk about it, you can sound like an expert about all these things, but you know, what does it really do for you? Yeah. Whereas the the you know the other side of the story, the creative side, it's a lot harder to talk about and really you know meet. It, uh, share what you mean or even to understand what you mean maybe within yourself and then be able to share it but it's so much more satisfying that side so not that yeah. one is necessarily better than the other but that's kind of where i want to get to i feel like the not that i not that i have a command of the technical side but i i can do okay with that i just really want to be able to get my photography over to the emotional side you know that's yep. Yeah, I can say that I've seen I've seen a lot more, um, you know, perfectly executed photos taken with really high end equipment that were just boring and garbage photos. And I mean, made them myself (laughs) in many cases. I've seen a lot more than I have seen, you know, people who didn't have much gear that, you know, or you know, didn't have high end equipment or were new and had a lot to learn on the technical side, but had some kind of an artistic vision that that compensated for that almost, you know, if you can get both, that's great. But if you can only have one, yeah, the art is a lot more important than the technique. It's just nice to have both. (laughs) Absolutely. Right. If you could combine both of them, but, but yeah, technique is, is, is without, you know, the, the artistic side is pretty empty. Right. I mean, if you're right, if you could only have one, I mean, you've got to have the other side. (laughs) What is the, so I, I remember there was a quote from Ansel Adams, which was, there's nothing better than a sharp image of a fuzzy 
idea concept, i think yeah or fuzzy like concept there's nothing right? worse like, than yeah sharp image of a fuzzy idea so, yeah I, I remember right that right so it's like kind of the backwards right where you gotta you gotta have the idea right and the technical kind of follows along so yeah well okay well we got some ideas for our our next uh our, our next conversation so so Andrew, it's been really great having you on the show. And in full disclosure, also this is my first uh, call in under the new uh, the new format of negative positive. So thank you for being a part of it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I've never been on a podcast before, and I'm I'm just glad I found this community. I can't believe it took me so long. I've been an FPP fan for years. I had no idea you guys were all here. That's crazy. I, it's super crazy. I mean, I was I was a listener way longer than than they ever drafted me in to uh, be the. Well, cabin boy, co co captain, or is it co 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 captain? Yeah, the uh, the ranking it. system on this podcast is is less defined than. <laughs> that's okay. I'm the bottom. I'm the absolute bottom, and it's all right. That's how. Well, it hey, is. I get to be the I'm new happy. whipping boy, right? This is my first time ever, so you outrank someone. I must oh, man. That's, oh, dude. Uh, all right, all right. If you say so. So, but hey, man. Really good talking to you. Thank you for the time. And uh, like we always say, hey, everybody, stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. There you go. That's it. Nailed it, brother. Nailed it. Take care. And we look forward to talking to you soon. listening to the Negative Positives Podcast. I'm Mike Kukovica, otherwise known as Kooks, and you can see me on Instagram at The Drunk Darkroom. You can email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. That's N-E-G positives at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group at the Negative Positives Film Photo Podcast Facebook group. We also have an Instagram account under the account name Negative Positives. If you submit photos to Instagram, think about using the hashtag negative positives you can support this podcast on coffee at ko-fi.com slash negative positives